Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good to be back with you after a little Christmas break. Uh, Hopefully you had a blessed time over Christmas, Thanksgiving, and all the festivities. Hopefully you had some great relationship stuff, uh, some fun celebration stuff of, uh, of the story of Jesus. Yeah. So uh, we, I know we had a lot of people here at church on for Christmas Eve services. So that was awesome. And uh, we're jumping now. We're into the new year. So happy new year to you. And we're continuing on our journey uh, here on the Holy Man podcast as we're, we've been spending some time in the last semester. We're going to move into it again this semester. Uh, we are talking about or, or discussing the book, uh, The Measure of a Man, written by Gene Getz, uh, 20 Attributes of Becoming Godly Men, Holy Men. And uh, so we've been spending some great time having great conversations, both here on the podcast and in our life groups, uh, just talking about these different attributes that uh, Paul shared with young Timothy and Titus as they were becoming leaders and raising up leaders in the church and just helping us to all figure out how can we do better uh, with becoming godly men. Or if for those of you who are the ladies out there who listen to the podcast too, just how you can also grow in your faith and becoming godly and more holy as well. Um, So today uh, I have a great guest with me. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about every guest that I have on my podcast, but this one's here is a little bit closer to me. He's blood. Uh, I have my son, Andrew Boffman with me today. Uh, He's here home on Christmas break. And uh, so I, and I just told him or asked him, I guess, uh, if he would be on the podcast with me about this discussion we're going to do. And, uh, and he was very excited. And so we're going to spend some time talking about a topic. So Andrew, it's good to have you with us today. Yeah, for sure. It's good to be here. Uh, you, uh, you're on Christmas break and actually it's a kind of a different break from you than it's been the last couple years. So let, tell the guys a little bit what you have been transitioning with here over the last couple of days and where you're going on to next. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I just graduated from my bachelor's degree, uh, with the bachelor's in pastoral ministry, which is pretty exciting. And, um, we'll be heading off here tomorrow actually to go back to Indiana for seminary, um, Pretty excited about that. And that'll be another two-year degree because I just, you know, can't get enough of school. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days back when I went through seminary and, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's it's a new transition for you. Um, I'm not overly excited about the long drive that you and I have tomorrow. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a long day, but, uh, but it's going to be great getting you there. And uh, I know that, you know, some of the classes that you're looking forward to taking here this semester, it's going to stretch your mind and get you better prepared for what God has in store for you. Uh, I mean, what let the guys know what, if, if you had to guess right now, I know God can always change your mind, but what do you think God's going to be doing with you five years from now? If you had to, what, what do you feel that God is preparing you for? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think 
at least as of right now, obviously, like you said, God can change plans, but right now I've just been feeling really called to worship ministry. And so, um, I've been working hard at kind of honing those crafts. I learned guitar this past summer and that's been really fun to be able to use. You were a drummer primarily before that. Yes. Yep. So now, you know, learning more instruments and just working with a few different mentors down at college and hopefully getting plugged in now back in Indiana, um, just to have those mentors around me that are helping to push me in the right direction. So that way, hopefully, like you said, in five years, um, I'll be leading worship at my own church somewhere. Um, that'd be really cool. Yeah. And, and I've watched you, it's, you know, I know that worship is, has been your primary focus, but I've watched you also getting, looking at some discipleship type ministries, whether it's with the teenagers. I know you've done a lot of youth ministry over the last mm-hmm. several years and uh, you started working with some adults as well. And just having, I, I know for you, Andrew, I think you love having conversations with people. Yeah. Yep. For sure. I, I do really enjoy like outside of the the planning and preparation that goes into services. I love getting to have conversations with people about like why we do what we do. Like what is worship? How do we like really dive into that and, and see where it comes from in the Bible and even other topics, just um, the whole discipleship aspect is a really cool thing in ministry that I really enjoy. Yeah. So it's been fun watching my son. And uh, so it's great for you guys to get a chance uh, uh, to spend some time with him here today uh, the topic, Andrew, that we're going to be talking about it, it's truthfully, it's one that most men and definitely some ladies out there, but I know for us men that we, this is one that we can struggle with a little bit. Uh, when Paul was writing to uh, Timothy and Titus, uh, I, I have no doubt that Paul struggled with this one based on some of the things that we see uh, throughout scripture and his story. Uh, Timothy and Titus probably did, but the raising up men in the church, we're, we're talking about having a short fuse <laughs> or, you know, having a quick temper, letting your anger get quickly out of hand. And so, uh, Andrew, is this something that maybe you've struggled with a little bit in your day? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things that, like you said, I think a lot of men struggle with. And so I know I have, I know I have a lot of friends that have struggled with it in different areas. Um, I know for me, one of those areas would be, I get really competitive. Oh yeah, Um, I've worked on it a lot. I've gotten better at kind of not blowing up as easily, but there's definitely times in competition where it's a struggle. I just, you know, I want to win. And when I don't, it's frustrating. You are the only guy that deals with that. No, I don't know anybody else. None. No, and you're right. I mean, we get in competition, those heated moments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when, when this, the activity with volleyball, you know, soccer, Frisbee football, whatever it might be, I know you did a lot of those with school mm-hmm. that man, it can be so easy to get so wound up that we can go off very quickly on someone when it doesn't go our way. And Andrew, let, I, I know that uh, you've had a tough semester here. Uh, you know, you and you had some relationship issues with some other students that were in, not seeing things this, from the same perspective as you on some of the things that you were leading. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you, I think you had a few moments where you could have gone off on someone. Yeah, it definitely, it was a tough semester. And um, like you said, there's times where I was, I was leading chapel teams. I was leading a few different things on campus. And there were some people that really just disagreed with the way I was leading things. Um, And that's tough. It's tough to have someone coming against you, especially when they're not trying to understand your perspective. Well, and also you had leadership above you that were telling you, this is the way we want you to do it. You were doing it that way, Mm -hmm. but yet your peers 
were against you. Yeah. And, and instead of going to the next level of going to the top of authority, everyone just wanted to come against me this semester. And so there were a lot of times where it would have been really easy for me to kind of just blow up. And there were times where I really wanted to just kind of <laughs> put someone in their place and be like, Hey, listen here, dude. Yeah. But, but I, I worked really hard to not do that because I, I know that that wouldn't have necessarily helped the situation at all. Yeah. But we, we all face those times. I mean, you know, you think about guys in general, you know, you talked about competition, you think about some of the other areas for, for many of us men out there, you know, when we're driving, <laughs> uh, going up through town, when people are act driving the way they're driving, sometimes we can get short fused in those moments. Uh, you know, I think of, <clears throat> you know, your uncle Dave, Mm. Uh, with fantasy football, we can just think about how his competition range. He he got pretty frustrated here this week when his team didn't do as well as it could have, and I I could have easily seen him blowing off a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. So you think about those different areas of life. Video games, Andrew. I I've watched you play video <laughs> games in the past, and I've seen you yell at your computer a couple times. Only a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> because you're playing with the people on the other side and they might not be doing what you want them to do. And that that's frustrating. Or when you just lose, you mm-hmm. know, that can be frustrating. So there are so many different areas of life. You know, when we go to work and we are dealing with people, they're sinful people that we have to deal with. It can be, there's so many different places in life that where our anger can just get quickly motivated to blow off at someone. And I know that we guys, uh, we can do this a lot, you know, in our own home, Andrew, uh, you know, you have two sisters, <laughs> teenage sisters, mm-hmm. and sometimes they act a little crazy, a little crazy, kind of loud. And, uh, and that can cause us to struggle a little bit. And then of course you have an ADHD younger brother with Daniel mm-hmm. and he can push our buttons. Can't he? A little bit. He just keeps going sometimes. Yeah. And so there's, you know, so just in relationships, even the relationships closest to us, there's that potential when things are not going our way, that it's easy to allow our anger to quickly escalate and for us to have that short fuse and to blow off. And so, so we need to talk about anger a little bit here, Andrew. Uh, I think it's important for us to look at one important aspect, and that's the fact that anger is not sin. Would you agree agree with that, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I think we can see in scripture, God gets angry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know, let me just share one scripture here just to show that in Psalm 74, it says, Oh God, why have you rejected us so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? I don't think God would have had that in the Bible if he never got angry. No. Uh, so it's in there. We, you know, we see several places where God gets angry or talks about, it talks about God being angry and needless to say, you know, God sees our sin. He sees how we reject him and he lays it out there. This is how he wants us to live. And we go against him naturally. God's going to get angry. He's going to get frustrated with that. Uh, I think of one story, uh, it's in Exodus chapter 32. So, uh, God has just led the people of Israel out of Egypt. He's starting them on that journey towards the promised land. He takes Moses up on the mountain to give them the law, starting off with the 10 commandments. And as God is giving them the law, the people are down there. And that's when that golden calf comes into play. And they're, they're already forming an idol 
and running away from God. So it says in uh, chapter 32, starting in verse seven, it says, the Lord told Moses, quick. So there's that word. So so it's a quick temper. God got quickly, he, he allowed his anger to get quickly motivated. He says, quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf and they have bowed down into sacrifice to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so that my fierce anger, so there it is, God saying he's angry, can blaze against them and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. So God was rightfully angry. But praise God, there is more to God than just his anger and a quick response. So God pauses. He he could have instantaneously, when he saw the people of God doing what they were doing, he could have instantly snapped his finger and smited all of them, wiped them all out. They would have been out of the picture, but he didn't. He talked about it, but he paused and had a conversation with Moses long enough for Moses to then have a conversation with God and help God to see a different perspective, to remind him about his love for the people, to remind God about the bigger picture of God's covenant with the Israelites. So God is angry, but he falls in line with the other attributes of God, other attributes like love and grace and mercy. So Andrew, can you see, I mean, I know you know this story, You've seen it before. And can you see the picture of uh, this conversation between God and Moses playing out mm-hmm. and God being right on the edge, but he pauses long enough. So why, Andrew, why is it important for God to have other attributes that lead him rather than anger? Well, I think you already kind of hinted at it. God is all powerful and could have immediately <clears throat> destroyed the Israelites. If, if anger was what was leading him, as soon as he got angry, he could have spoken and they would have been gone. Yeah. And yet we see it, this, this moment where he pauses and he, he talks to Moses first and he, he lets Moses kind of redirect his anger and, um, and bring patience into it. And that's, I think really important to remember that like we being created in the image of God can do the same thing. When we have this anger come up inside of us, the anger that we feel isn't the sin, Mm, right? It's how we act that can become sinful. And so we need to have things like God where we can take a moment and say, okay, maybe lashing out on this person isn't going to benefit me. Maybe speaking badly behind their back isn't, the best thing to do here. Maybe I need to just take a moment and talk it out with somebody else and let this cool off a little bit. Just take a breath, separate from the situation and, and kind of just learn from God there. Like we don't have to lead with anger. Yeah. We can learn a lot from God and, and seeing stories like this. I mean, I think for myself, um, I know that Andrew, you probably don't sin like, like your dad does, right? (laughs) Never, never. Yeah, but we can think about this for for us acting when in those moments when we act like the Israelites did in this story. When we are sinning, when we know that we are disappointing God, when we know that God could very easily get angry at us, 
and punish us in some way to see a story like this where God pauses and where he leads with love. Not only, like you're saying, not only can we learn from this from, for how we live out our own anger, but we can also learn how, why it's so important because this is how God first treated us, mm-hmm. where he could have easily just knocked us all for a loop. He doesn't. He pauses and he leads with love and mercy and how important that is for us. Uh, you know, as we continue, like Andrew, like you said, to learn from God, I think, you know, what Nehemiah said in chapter nine, verse 17 of the book of Nehemiah, it says, but you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful. So that's what Nehemiah says first, that he leads with those three things that God forgives, he's gracious and he's merciful. And then he says, he is slow. I'm going to read that slow. (laughs) He is slow to become angry and rich and unfailing love. So it doesn't say that God doesn't get angry. He does. I can't imagine how angry God gets and frustrated with us because he, he shows us the way. And when we know better and we still walk away from him, how frustrated and angry he must get. But the good thing is for us that he leads though, with his unconditional love, with his grace, with his mercy. Yeah. <clears throat> so Andrew, as we, Think about this then. Uh, you already led us there a little bit, but then so for these guys out here that maybe some of them have that quick temper, they have that short fuse, some of them more than others. Uh, w- let's talk through, Andrew, uh, even more of how we can help all of us guys learn from God. If this is how God is, how, what can we learn from him? What are some things that we can see with him that can help us in, in getting better at learning how to have a longer fuse instead of a shorter fuse. Uh, So I think, Andrew, for me, one passage that really helps me a lot is this James chapter one passage, starting in verse 19. And for you guys in your life groups out there, I'm going to have you relook at this passage a little bit. So it says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now that's easier said than done though, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, basically he's reiterating how, what Nehemiah said about God. So he's basically saying, be like God. Yeah. He's like, okay, you see these attributes of God now mirror them. Yeah. So what does James go on to say? And here's the cool thing. He doesn't leave us hanging and just say, be like God. He gives us some understanding of how this can happen. He says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your soul. So James is saying, follow God's example, but how's he saying to do that? He's saying the the anger's not bad, but the actions that come out of it can be unrighteous because of the other stuff in our lives. So he talks about how we need to get rid of this other filthy stuff, the stuff that can cause us to be ungodly in our anger. Things like jealousy, bitterness, coveted, covetedness. <laughs> Is that how you say that? Uh, lust, 
And the big one, we talked about this just a couple of weeks or weeks ago, the last session of last semester with the idea of selfishness or self-centeredness. When we are so focused on ourselves and wanting things to go our way, when they don't go our way, whether, Andrew, you're playing in a Frisbee football game, so you're in your competition, if you're being self-centered and saying, I only want to win, it's always about me then if something doesn't go your way, there's going to be a chance you're going to blow off. So he says, get rid of all that crap in your life. Those things that can turn your anger into ugliness and then let the word of God, the Holy Spirit, take those passages of scripture that God has written on your heart and allow those to lead you in those moments. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew, that's a scripture that I just love. And again, I want you guys to talk about this passage of how practical it is. James shares it and it's practical for us and how we live our lives. Uh, So, Andrew, do you have other scriptures that really help you in different ways that uh, that you can play off of this one that James shares with us and how they lead you in your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, One for me is Galatians 5, 22 through 23, which talks about the fruit of the spirit. And, uh, I actually have a bracelet that has that verse, those verses on it. Um, and I just wear it all the time to kind of just keep it on my heart. Like when I see it, I'm thinking, okay, am I showing people the fruit of the spirit or is there something that I could work on right now? And so in this case, maybe it's patience. Maybe that's something that I'm, you know, being a little quick tempered and I'm just not giving people the the respect that they deserve. And so I need to take a minute and say, okay, how can I be more patient? And so, yeah, I think this, this bracelet is a really big help for me. Um, it's this brand proclamation coalition. I would encourage you guys to check it out. It, uh, they do this monthly subscription. It's only a couple dollars and they give you these bracelets that let you memorize verses. And it's just a really cool thing because it helps you to kind of wear it and keep it on your heart as you're going about your day. I think your sisters are doing this right now too, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so what you're saying, Andrew, I mean, this is what you think of what James just said in this passage that he talked about taking this scripture that God writes on your heart. So that's what you're saying. That passage is written on your heart because you've memorized that scripture that allows the Holy Spirit to do something with it in those moments Mm -hmm. when you're protect, you know, possibly getting out of hand. And I love how you said that. If you think back to what we talked about with the Moses passage, where God paused you just said that the Galatians passage, when you have that bracelet on your hand, when you interact with some of those individuals that possibly are going to get you upset, that bracelet can, because of what it represents, because of that passage of scripture, it causes you to potentially pause. Mm -hmm. And then God can do something else with you instead of that short fuse. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, Guys, I know, uh, some of you went through the, uh, we talked about the fruit of the spirit there a while ago at another session. And for those of you who are in that group, uh, that study with me, I handed out those wooden crosses. Some of you guys might remember them. Some of them, some of you guys I know are still carrying that wooden cross in your pocket. And I know I still am too. And just having that cross in my pocket, you know, when I face those moments where I'm potentially going to get out of hand, if I, if I grab hold of that cross and be reminded how God was merciful to me, how he was patient with me on that cross and he died for my sins, that leads me to potentially have a longer fuse and to pause and to treat other people in a better way. Andrew, do you have any other resources that help you in keeping your anger or your quick temper under control? Um, so an idea that I kind of 
have been thinking about this past semester and I've been trying to work on is um, just when I have those moments of anger, just trying to remember that I might not know the full situation of the person I might be angry at. Um, because there was a moment this semester where I had a bunch of people who are upset at me, but they didn't know the whole situation. None of them came and talked to me about it. And so in that moment, I was like, man, imagine how different this would be if they did know the whole situation. And so I had to give them, you know, I had to have patience with them in that moment as they were angry at me. And so when I feel angry with someone, I try to remind myself, maybe there's more to this situation than I see. And I'm just frustrated at something on the surface. Everybody has a story, don't they? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you think about when we're driving down the road and somebody's driving in a not hospitable way mm -hmm. and maybe they cut us off or whatever. We don't know their story. Yeah. We don't know that maybe they have someone in their car that has a health issue that they're trying to get them to the hospital. Could be, mm -hmm. or maybe it's a brand new driver. Remember back, Andrew, when you were first driving, you weren't perfect yet. No. And, uh, and so for same thing for me. And so maybe it's a brand new driver that's still learning and maybe they did what they did because they just don't know any better or they just haven't enough practice. And so I love how you said that, that sometimes we have to consider the other person's story mm -hmm. and what they know, what they don't know and why they're acting the way they're acting and, and possibly put ourselves in their shoes to treat them in a way that, uh, that we can look at a different perspective. Yeah. That's a great, what the great thing, you know, because everybody has a story and we have to look at everybody from the, the eyes of Christ instead of our own selfish, jealous, you know, coveting eyes that again, if we get that filth out of our hearts and look at people through the eyes of Christ, we're going to see them differently. You know, there's no doubt that, uh, Andrew, I know that you're, you, you love to pray. You're, you're a guy who prays. And I know I do that as well, that when I'm coming into a meeting or a discussion, maybe coming up here on a Sunday morning, and I know there's a potential for conversations that maybe aren't going to be perfect, that I have, there's a potential for being some conflict in there, that I bathe it in prayer. Uh, I just really go, you know, just talk to God and saying, God, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, or in other words, God, change me so that I can enter this conversation in a way that will bless you, God, and not just take care of what I want it to happen. Uh, so pray prayer is such a huge thing for me. And then, uh, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I've gotten it wrong before. Have you ever gotten this wrong before? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, you know, we do that guys, you're going to get this one wrong. You're going to have a short temper. You're going to have those moments where you uh, aren't focused on Jesus and your temper gets out of hand and you speak out of line and you hurt somebody with your short fuse. So for me, what I want to do, what I try to do is practice that thing that Jesus tells us to do, which is ask for forgiveness, to be willing to be humble enough to go up to somebody and say, Hey, I got it wrong. I, I said something out of line. I probably hurt you. I did hurt you. Will you forgive me? Because for me, not only does it fix that relationship, but it also helps to remind me, hey, Paul, next time, do a little better at it. Pause yeah. before you say something. For sure. Um, uh, yeah. So guys, if you think about somebody out there, maybe there's somebody that you can think about right now that your short fuse hurt somebody out there. Maybe you need to go apologize to somebody. Andrew, is there anything else that uh, last thoughts that you have for the men out there with uh, dealing with the quick temper that uh, that they might need to hear? Um, I mean, I think the big thing is just make sure that you are pursuing God. 
I think that trying to handle anger on our own is not going to be an easy task. And so as long as we are seeking after him and looking at how he has modeled it for us, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. There's no doubts. Uh, you know, what did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom mm-hmm. and, uh, and his righteousness, and he will give you what you need. And we need help with this one, guys. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I know I need some help with this one. So, uh, you know, and next week, guys, we're, it's going to go to another level. You know, the anger that we're talking about here, it's going to go to another level uh, with uh, a degree of violence that anger can actually lead to. And that's what next week's topic is going to be. It's a powerful one. It's one that caught me off guard a little bit when I saw the word in there. So guys, you're going to want to come back next week as we continue on this journey of uh, looking at these attributes of uh, becoming a more holy man. So Andrew, it is great to have you on the podcast with me. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to be here. So uh, guys, I, I invite you just to say a little prayer as you're listening to this for my son, because when you first listen to this, he is going to be within his first couple of weeks of seminary, and he's going to be learning some great thoughts about leading churches. And uh, for we have no idea what God's going to do with him in the future, but the cool thing is God's in charge. <laughs> and as long as Andrew keeps following uh, God, he's going to hopefully find a place in God's church to, uh, to, to do some great things. So uh, guys, for all of us, we're all on a journey. Not one of us has it all figured out. And so I want to invite you guys to keep on that journey uh, with God, with the power of the Holy Spirit, changing us, moving us, that we might become more and more holy men. Have a great week. 